Hi, beauties. This is the Beyond Beauty Project with your host, Bridget Burrick-Brown, the show that's redefining the meaning of beauty. Enjoy, and we're so grateful to have you part of the conversation. Hi, beauties. Episode 8 of Season 2 is with Juliette Hahn. Juliette is a storyteller, consultant, and keynote speaker. She is the host of Your Next Stop podcast and YNS Live, which highlights people who have followed a passion and made it into a career. Her mission is to give women and men a stage to share their stories because she believes that everyone has a story and that we can all learn from each other. In our conversation today, Juliet discusses why understanding our stories is important and what it can do for our self-confidence. We also talk about the constant pressures as women to be good at everything in our society and the importance of embracing our strengths to find our passions and aspirations. Something I find super cool that Juliet is doing in her work on her show, YNS Live with NFL Thread, is interviewing the NFL women and finding out what motivates them, showcasing their talents, their initiatives, and their missions. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I will see you soon. Hello, how are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to dive into all of that you're doing and, you know, share how we connect and how really our stories have made us even closer over the years. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. To give you guys a little history, um, I met Juliet through our husbands and we had, we like always knew each other, but as soon as we connected on our businesses, it was just like, I feel like it's been this very natural connection and so much. super grateful you're in my life. Um, we're going to dive into all of the good things today, but I, I just really love your passion of helping others share their personal stories. You helped me do that. I was on your podcast And I really believe when we own all the parts of ourselves, the good, the bad, the ugly, the remarkable, you feel freer in life. And when you feel free, you feel more beautiful. So before we dive into all of that, I would love to hear your definition of beauty. So how would you define beauty? I define beauty as really just, it's it's a feeling right? There's an outward look, but there's also just a feeling. And when you feel confident, whether it's what you're wearing, what you're talking about, the people that are around you, when you feel comfortable in your own skin, to me, that is beauty. Yeah. So it shines through you. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. And even if you're not, I mean, there's days where, you know, I know I have friends that feel beautiful when they're dressed up. And, you know, that's how they like define themselves when they're dressed to the nines, they feel the most beautiful. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's more of a feeling other than how I look on the outside. Even if I'm like a hot mess, but I'm doing what I love. It's, it's a, a a beauty that I feel excuse, you know, uh, comes out of me basically. I always say beauty is how you feel. I totally totally agree. Okay. I want to start with why you're passionate about helping people connect to their passions. So where did this passion come from? And what do you think we get from understanding our passions? Why is that helpful for us? So I love that question because 
you know, we all have different outlets in life. We all have different paths in life. And when you have aspirations or things that get you up out of bed in the morning, um, Mm -hmm. whether you're a stay at home mom, whether you're a working mom, whether you're just a woman, whether you're a man, whatever your definition is, when you are excited about something, when you're excited about, it could be, you know, as simple as gardening. It could be as simple as landscaping. It could be, you know, cooking your favorite meal, something that you truly love that you could talk about for hours with anyone. It just makes your life better. And we all have multiple passions because I have people all the time will say to me, well, what if, you know, what if I have a million passions? And that's always been like a joke in my family is I have so many things that I'm passionate about. So many things that I can talk about for hours. Yeah. However, however, there's things that I'm more of an expert in. Yeah. And so I think there's like a very, you know, defining there where it's a passion that you love. It gets you out of bed. You might not be an expert, but you could talk for hours. And then there's the things that make you, that you are passionate about that you are, you know, showing up every day and doing, and then you become an expert because you're doing them all the time. And I know we've talked about this, you know, I'm dyslexic. So that is something that, you know, and and I have my older son is dyslexic and I can talk about that for hours, but I know my journey is going to be different than someone else's journey. And I can talk about my story about it and I can give my advice, but my advice and my story might not be the same as someone else's. So it might not be able to help them in the same way. So there, even though that's a passion of mine, I wouldn't consider myself an expert, even though I'm dyslexic and I've been through it with my own son because everyone's, you know, that journey is different. When I talk about storytelling, I have become an expert on that because I've done that so many times that I can actually help someone else figure out their own story. So I consider myself passionate about that, but I also consider myself an expert in that. If that makes sense, those two kind of ways to look at it. Do you think knowing what you're passionate about keeps you young? Cause it keeps you, you're curious, right? Yes. And it keeps your brain going. It keeps you always looking to something else. As I said, like those two things I'm very passionate about you know, we, we also know like dog rescue, all of those things that I literally could do all day long mm-hmm. in different parts of my life. It keeps my brain going, but it also just keeps me in a space where I'm excited to learn more. As you said, the curious, I'm excited to learn more. I'm excited to teach or talk about it to someone else. So that's just going to continue to use my brain. I mean, that's going to yeah. continue to use my brain because I'm going to explore it. I'm going to ask questions. It also helps connect people. When you're passionate on something that, I mean, that's how you and I really, you know, came where we're, we've always known each other. We've always been, you know, friendly, but when we really start, started talking about what we were passionate about and the connections that made because of our stories, it really, you know, made us be like, oh my gosh, okay, we need to get more of each other because we need to like, just be in each other's lives more and talk and, and share and explore and, you know, brainstorm and network. Um, and And so there's that difference. That's so true. It builds community, connections, friendships. It really does. It really does. I always say um, when you stop learning or you stop being curious about life, I don't know, life's a little mm. bit boring or stale or yeah. You're <laughs> and, like, no, <laughs> can't do it. No, I mean, I think that's one thing that we've talked about. One of my greatest fears is I mean, we all have fears, but one of my greatest fears is just being stagnant and bored in life. Like I will, I will never let myself do that. Just that's something that's innate in me. When I, you know, speak to people, when I coach people, it always, you know, sometimes will surprise me that someone can be 
you know, we all get stuck, right? I mean, yeah. there's been times in my life and that I mean, that's why I started my business. There's all times in our lives that we get stuck and there's um, lengths of time that I think each person allows themselves to get stuck. But when I've talked to someone that's been stuck for years, they literally have been miserable every day for years. That always surprises me because I feel yeah. like there's certain people that, you know, whether it's um, just something innate in them. And I think it's a curiosity thing. I really do. I it think it's, it's, it's when you're curious, you never really let yourself get to that deep, deep, you know, part of your life where you're like, you know, it's been years and you just really don't like life, but you don't know what to do. You know, you're uh -huh. kind of stuck in the same job. You you're not happy with how your family is turning out. Um, and again, we all go through seasons of that. No one has a perfect life. No one is always waking up happy. That's that's weird in itself. You know, that that also is is would be boring if everything was always you're always on cloud nine. That's yep. not that's not realistic or life, but it's the people that kind of know what to do to help themselves get out of being stuck. And whether that's talking to friends, that's whether that's networking, whether that's, you know, coming up with ideas in their head, you know, we we've talked about this a lot. Uh, you know, I talk about this on my podcast, but that, that daydreaming, you know, part. Yeah. Where, yes. You know, whether some people call it meditation or I call it daydreaming, because I can't sit still and meditate. I have to be moving. So I call it daydreaming is just letting yourself have that space to kind of explore your mind and feel what you're curious about. That's why I think it's so important when people connect to others and they're talking to someone and someone brings up something that kind of ignites something in yourself. I yes. always say, don't stuff that. Ask more questions about that because that's something that you're meant to be doing because that excited you, you know, instead yeah. of anything. People get scared though, right? They get scared. They get nervous. They, they're afraid of failure. I don't want to do that because what if I'm not good enough or who am I to be starting a podcast or who they am I? Like a fraud. Yep. And, and again, we all go through that. So take us back a little bit. Like, why did you start your podcast? So we had just moved um, full-time to the beach and I was doing a lot of health and fitness coaching, um, which I loved at the time I was doing it, but there was something in me that just felt a little stuck. Like I felt like, huh, I want, I want more. I, my kids yeah. are a little bit older now. They don't need me as much. Um, you know, we had two dogs. I think anytime I felt that feeling, I either had a kid or, you know, adopted a dog. Um, yep, and yep. so <laughs> healthy or not, that's how like I, house is full. <laughs> think people need me, you know, what, again, whether it's healthy or not, that's, you know, kind of how I, as, as my journey has kind of unfolded, I realized that's what I do. So it was one of those times where it was like, okay, we're not having any more kids and okay, we're not having any more dogs. We need to kind of settle. And to me, I was like, you know what? I need to daydream. So I would take my boxers for walks and I, one day just started, I was actually reading a book um, and I can't believe it's going to escape me. It's going to come back to me, but it's I'm, okay. I'm it right now. Uh, I think it was like the art of, um, you know, creativity or something. It was something about creativity, which I always thought of creativity as being like artistic. So it was funny that I was even reading this book because it was like, this is like something that I can't even imagine myself even exploring, but yeah. the more I was like listening to this book and then daydreaming. I love stories. I've always loved stories. And, you know, back to kind of connecting my story is when I used to, when I was in school, you know, I, I, I spoke about being dyslexic and how school was really tough for me. Um, but when I was talking to my teachers or talking to adults or talking to my friends, people always 
treated me different than when I had to write or do like a test. Mm. So I always remember being like, okay, my voice is something. My voice actually makes people stop and listen. I was just saying, I love that so much from, you know, I also have dyslexic dys- or dyslexic tendencies, I would say. And then I have, you know, my dad was severely dyslexic. My brother is now we're finding out about my daughter. So I love that you felt like you could use your voice because I right. think that can get muffled. It does get muffled. And the thing is, I didn't realize this, obviously, as a kid, it wasn't until my adult life, I realized Um, You know, it was something, I guess, subconscious that I did know because I knew like, okay, if I sit there and talk, the teachers won't really know how much I struggle, right? Mm. They they won't know. So I would always kind of like, oh, let's bring this to conversation. And then the second I had to write papers or do tests, it was always, you're not trying, you know, you're not working hard enough. You have to focus. And it was like, I am trying. And that's kind of how we, you know, my dad's dyslexic. My sister's dyslexic. (laughs) My oldest son is dyslexic. So I think that as I was walking and daydreaming, it kept coming. And then when I had, you know, my three children, um, I used to tell them stories all the time. I was, I wanted to stay home. I was fortunate enough that I was able to stay home with them. And I used to literally tell them these elaborate stories. And I remember people would stop and say, where did you hear that story? And I'd be like, oh, I just made it up. And they would go, wait, you just made that whole thing up in your head. And I'd be like, oh yeah, it's like my favorite thing to do still never thinking of myself as creative because I couldn't draw. So it was just kind of this thing that it was funny, you know, I just loved doing this, but that's where I really honed in and really um, kind of sharpened my storytelling skills. And then as I got a little bit older and as my journey, you know, with the health and fitness and I learned about coaching and I learned the business side of stuff. And then I decided, you know what, I want to start a podcast because some of my clients will always come to me and say, like, you always look like you're, you know, you're always you know, always in shape. You're always eating healthy. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, you know, margaritas and pizza on the weekends. Like, I don't know where you're seeing that because I'm pretty open on social media about my, you know, I'm all or nothing five days. I'm pretty clean. I'm pretty focused. And on the weekends I'm, you know, I could be a hot mess, but I'm okay with that. That's, you know, how I work, that's how I best work. Um, and so I wanted to be able to tell stories to kind of that, that woman, that woman that is thinking everyone else is doing better than them. I wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about how I hated, you know, uh, and I still do. I'm such, I'm like not a good homemaker. I don't like to cook. I'm terrible with laundry. Um, not a good cleaner, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm, I'm also okay with that. Right. I'm okay with that. Um, so I wanted to talk to that woman. So that's when I first, I literally went and, and said to my kids and my husband, so I'm going to start a podcast. And they all went, oh, okay. Do you know how to start a podcast? And I was like, nope, I'm going to Google it and figure it out. Cause I didn't know anyone that had a podcast. And they were like, okay, do you know what you're going to talk about? I'm like, I'm just going to tell stories. And I, I remember all of them just like kind of look. <laughs> I love okay. that. <laughs> and my husband, Dan, who, you know, who is a big podcast listener was like, okay, but do you know, you have to have like some, you have to have like a little bit of a format, a little bit of like structure. And I was like, no, I'm just going to, this is what my thoughts are. And I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to tell short stories about, you know, being a stay at home mom about early city life. And, you know, his face was like, okay, you got, you got some stories in there. Like our, <laughs> like our kids can listen to these later. And I'm like, yes, I, I will. I will keep it to the most part. Appropriate. Yeah. It's not completely R rated. Um, but so that's how it started. That's Mm -hmm. how it started. And then during quarantine, because I had started in 2019, during quarantine, 
the stories kind of, I mean, I had a, almost eight months of stories um, that were great. I had people connecting to me from all over the world being like, thank you for sharing, you know, about, you know, just how your boxers pulled off the crock pot and like scattered, you know, like literally you had sauce all over your house and you sat and looked at it for an hour because you didn't know how, where to start. <laughs> That's amazing. Wait, when did you start interviewing people? So that was during quarantine and I called okay. it, I called it quarantine stories. And basically it was right. I didn't at, know this. Amazing. Yes. And, and it wasn't like, it was like a segment within, you know, my, my podcast. And so, so originally my podcast was called next stop crazy town and crazy town to me is very endearing. It's like the energy, the love that my world is like my family, my friends, yep. you know, we're not, we're not, when we enter a room, you know, that we're there. We're, we're yeah. not wallflowers. Hello. Yes. So that's what I first started. And then when I did quarantine stories, um, it was right when clubhouse started kind of emerging. Yep. I was like, you know, on clubhouse, just like, this is so interesting connecting to people. What is this app? And it was because of the podcast. Like I was like, Oh, I can learn some stuff here. This is interesting. Someone told me about it. So I started going into rooms that talked about podcasting and I started meeting people and I started being very curious about what quarantine looked like in other countries and other yeah. places of America, because I was like, okay, we, we love, I loved that. I had every, all my people under one roof, you know, for the beginning, I was sad what was happening out in the world, but I was like, Oh, I have all my people. My husband was traveling. Dan was tra traveling like crazy. I didn't see him like, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, only two days a week. And it was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe Damn. what's happening. I would love for things to slow down. I remember thinking that like we were all over the place with the kids sports. I don't, I think I hardly could breathe. It was like four hours that I had breath and then it was like crazy. So the beginning of it, I was like, you know what, this is not the worst, but I'm really curious in other parts of the country. What, what does it look like? So I started connecting with people through clubhouse and started doing quarantine stories. And it was a segment. Oh, right. And it was, yeah. it was really, really cool. And then from there, it was as my podcast started growing. And then I started, you know, creating the business side of it. Um, I did a series called love what you do. Mm. And it was about people that followed a passion and turned into a business. Nice. You said something really cool to me once that your husband actually said, Dan, he said, Bridget helps people find their confidence and Juliet helps them project their confidence. So you already mentioned that. this, but yeah, right. So cool. Um, storytelling is something you're obviously very passionate about. And I know you love guiding people to explore their past in order to connect the dots so they understand their story better. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is, why do you think understanding our stories is important. And what do you think that can do for our self-confidence and self-esteem? I love that question so much because there, it, you know, we all have stories. I mean, we all have them good, bad, ugly, happy. We all have moments in our lives that are, you know, tragic that are, you know, not like you go from tragic to happy. I mean, you know, this so well, yeah. and a lot of people will sometimes dismiss their story because they'll say, well, I don't have it as bad as my neighbor and mm -hmm. they won't think about things that they've went through, but the things that they went through have actually shaped who they are. Yeah. 
And so comparing your story with someone else's is not always the best idea because your story is your story, but your story is what made you who you are. So I look back at me struggling in school and as much as that sucked, you know, as much as it was like really hard because I came from a place that not a lot of people struggled, everyone was good at everything. However, I learned a lot about myself. I learned about my strengths and my weaknesses. I learned about what I was good at. So I was a really good athlete. I was really good at communication mm-hmm. and, um, and communicating with people and connecting people and making people feel comfortable. I was always that, you know, that friend that was the good time, but that was also the person that would sit and listen to you and give you advice Aww, if you needed yeah. it. So you know, so there's different things that you have to kind of look, look at your story because it's going to shape your adulthood or it's going to shape the path that you're meant to be on. And I talk about this a lot in my podcast, whether you believe in God or the universe, we all have a path and we all don't always find it because we don't allow ourselves to think about our stories or to think about what we're meant to be doing. And really when I talk about that passion, I really believe that passion, when you get excited about something, that is something that you're meant to explore. You're meant to follow. That's why, and I believe in God. That's why God, you know, put it there. That's why God put things in your path to be like, wait a second. I really like that. I need to explore that more. And if you're not aware or you're not aware of your story, sometimes you're going to miss those little parts. Those little signs. So do you think that nothing's a coincidence, good or bad? So kind of understanding that part of your story can like guide you to the next part? I do, but it's interesting when I, when I've talked to people about that, that have had, you know, really tragic things happen to them, or they've had tragic things happen to loved ones. Um, they will say like, so you think I, that was supposed to happen to me. And I do in a certain sense, I do think that there are, there's not many coincidences that that is supposed to happen. I do feel that a coincidence can go deeper and maybe that's not, it doesn't have to always go deeper. Like that's not meant to go deeper, but it's just like, if you kept, kept going down that rabbit hole or you kept going up the tree, um, maybe you were only supposed to go halfway, but you continued. So there's, you know, it's a very gray, fine line, Yeah, but I, I do feel like, a lot what happens to us is not coincidence. Like when, and I, and I really, that's also how I kind of live my life. Like, okay, if that was meant to happen, let me see why, let me explore why that was supposed to happen, good or bad, because there's always something behind it. Whether I find out, you know, 10 years down the line, whether I find out, you know, five minutes down the line, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah, I definitely And I've had some crazy things happen in my life, but I do think that uh, like you just said, whether it's five minutes after or five years later, it kind of like, even what I'm doing now, I would have never done it without all the losses that I had. I just don't think I would have, I I was at probably like such a low point that I was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like I'm going to create my life the way I want it to look no apologies. Um, something you said a little bit earlier too, is, you know, owning all the parts of ourselves. Like we can't always be happy. And I was talking to this doctor yesterday, actually. And she's like, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves and then we end up feeling guilty or shaming ourselves because we're not like, 
positive all the time and happy all the time. And, and I was talking specifically about, um, losing my twins at five and a half months. And she's like, you're supposed to be sad about that. And probably for the rest of your life. She's like, that's a part of you. So it reminds me of like, that's like a part of my story. And it's okay. If like, I have moments that I'm really sick. She's like, that's a sad thing. You're never going to be able to make that not sad. And I was like, it's so true. It, it's like that quote, like you, you'll never be able to see the stars without the darkness. Right. But, but it is so true. And and a lot of people, and that's why, you know, mental health, I think um, for so, for so many, it has come out. Like, I really feel like we're full circle and people are talking about it, but it was like, someone was sad, give them a pill. Totally. Like, no, like well, one of my girlfriends, I remember right after we were, we had babies. She's like, my doctor said I need to go on an antidepressant because I have postpartum. And I was like, but you just had the baby. Like, our, and I was like, if you have postpartum, please, I'm so glad that you're seeking it, but I'm really sad too. I cry all the time. She's like, you do. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I'm in pain. This sucks. My kid is not attaching to my breast the way I thought it, he was going to. He's like screaming when I'm holding him. I'm trying to do the best I can. And I'm in so much pain. I'm like, this is the hardest thing I've ever went to. And when I said that to her, she goes, oh, that's how I feel too. Maybe I don't need meds. And I was like, no, yeah. you're supposed to be feeling all of this. You're supposed yeah. to be going through this. And so I feel like you know, for, you know, don't even get me started on the pharmaceutical industry, but that is so much where it is where people don't allow, like you're supposed to have moments where you're sad and you're supposed to work through them. And if yeah. you don't, that's when they come out later in life because you put a bandaid on it. Yeah. And that's, a lot of people don't want to feel the deep feelings. I hate feeling the deep feelings, but it's life. Yeah. And we have all the parts of us and that is okay. That's how it's supposed to be. And that's, Uh, that, that part is beautiful too. If you think about that, that's a beautiful part of you that you said that, you know, your twins, that is going to be your whole story and your whole life. And you're going to connect to so many women. I mean, I've talked to you so many times about this, like your story is so powerful because of all, and as, as sucky as it is, all the tragedy that you went through, you can talk to someone else that's in the weeds and let them know you're going to be okay. Yep. yep. You're going to have really hard times, but you're going to be okay. And I know it because I'm okay. And I, there was yeah. a period in my life where I never thought I was going to be okay, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be okay. You know, I had yeah. a guidance counselor that told me I was never going to college. You know, <sighs> she said, you're never going to college. You don't try hard enough, blah, 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 blah. Um, and like that could have, I could have listened to her Yep. and I could have not gone to college because of something she said but mm-hmm. I had a supportive family. I had a dream. I had a goal and mm-hmm. I was really good in sports. And so it was something that I, you know, but that still hurt me and still scarred uh, me. Yeah. And so now, like when I talk to guidance counselors, sometimes I have to say, I just want to give you a little background. Cause if I get, <laughs> if I get a little aggressive, I'm sorry, it's just part of my story. And I, yeah. uh, you know, don't mean to be taking it out on you, but like, you know, I had a guidance counselor say something about my, my oldest about like, well, he should do this or that. And I was like, okay, is that, you know, and I, I kind of jumped at her, like, is that coming from a good place or is that coming from a bad place? Cause I've been there where it's come from a bad place. And she was like, oh my gosh, no, I'm so sorry. That's not how it meant to come out. And I was like, okay, we're good. Okay. We need to make sure though, cause that can, you can carry that one sentence with you and it can become part of your story for a really long time. Yes. It's interesting how you had a dream and like 
you created your own story too. Yes. I think there's like beauty in that it. too. It's like, that's what I did when I was rock bottom. I was like, I'm going to create my own story. Like, what do I want it to look like? And yes. that the thing your guidance counselor told you didn't hold you back. You're like, I have a dream and I'm going to create my story. Yeah. I feel like telling our stories gives others the courage to be vulnerable, you know, um, own their stories, like yes. do all the things too. I think that's a beautiful thing in it. So you say this, and this is a quote of yours. Everyone has a story and it's through sharing, active listening, sometimes laughing that people connect and learn from one another. I love that quote. Um, I say, I have a saying that beauty also looks like. So I always say, you know, beauty also looks like being thoughtful. Beauty mm -hmm. also looks like being a good listener. Beauty is also being vulnerable or asking the right questions, connecting. I see you doing all these things through the way you interview and the way you listen. Why are those things important to you? Because I, re I truly am interested in other people. I I'm truly fascinated and curious about other people's stories because we're all different, but also much alike at the same time. Yeah. Uh, whether, you know, whatever gender you are, whatever race you are, wherever you are in the world, um, when it comes down to it, we all wake up and are trying to do our best, you know, for yeah. the most part. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we go back, um, and I'm just going to tell this like little part. I remember talking to someone about, you know, this is like early schooling and I was saying in education, they, ha everyone has to get better. You know, I'm not in education, but I, I, I'll say we have to get better because a kindergartner or a first grader is, is not, doesn't want to be naughty, doesn't mm -hmm. want to get in trouble. They want to get good grades. So if you see that child kind of acting out. I really believe it's the teacher in the school's job to say, let me explore this a little bit more instead of shoving it under the rug and pushing that kid through because they don't feel like dealing because yes. then that's what creates that kid that goes off and then does something terrible in the world, right? Because yep. they never felt like they were listened to. They never felt understood. Now I understand and I'm not, you know, like this person that lives in a la la unicorn world, but I think if every teacher and every person can do that, I see that kid struggling no kid wants to get in trouble and no kid wants to not do well in school. And if that is the case, there's something, I'm going to say it again, there's something behind the scene that needs to be looked at. Yep. So for me, that, that curiosity, and I know I just brought that back to school, but I'm going to tie it with a, with a, you know, a, a bow. The reason why it's so important to me is because I feel like each of us can make someone's life a little bit better. And I truly believe that mm. if each person just listened to someone else, and just took a little bit of what someone else said and, and took that and then brought it to someone else. Like when I ask yeah. someone a question, if it's just like a random question at a party or wherever people always will say, you know, thank you. I, you know, no one yep. really ever asked me that, or thank you for being interested in what I am doing. Yes. And I always try to ask questions. And I notice when people don't ask questions. Yes, me too. You do. Yes, totally. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Right. And it's, and now there's people that are so guarded that they don't know how to do it. Right. Yep. They don't know how to interact with people in that way because they don't feel like being asked questions. Right. There's the people. That, yes. 
have you ever been somewhere where you ask a question and like someone you could see that they get a little uncomfortable and yeah. it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you come. I'm just curious about, you know, who you are, how you tick, you know, why did you get into that business or whatever? And it's interesting then seeing that guard come down. Yes. Yep. And okay. You truly are interested. You're not asking me to, you know, to, to dig or get something out of me. Yes. Like, yes. So, you know, I understand that people do have to sometimes be guarded depending on where they are in the world and what their life looks like. Yep. Yep. Um, but there is a way to like, when I ask, I definitely ask in a very authentic, vulnerable, like I'm, I'm truly curious about you as a person. Yeah. And you're genuine. I, I appreciate that. You can't that. fake genuine. You cannot fake genuine. You cannot fake genuine. You really can't. Um, no. So I want to talk a little bit more about the strengths and the weaknesses. You talk about this a lot. Um, and I love your take on it. Like, why do we have to work so much on our weaknesses? Right. And I think if you can kind of sort through those and understand what they are and not let your weaknesses make you feel bad, right. It's really a good way to own your uniqueness. So just explain to us a little bit, your thoughts on the whole strengths and weaknesses. Cause I know you have a strong one. <laughs> I, de- I definitely, definitely do. Well, because we, and it's so important to know what your strengths and weaknesses, especially as you get older, because, and you get into the, into the job force or not even into the workforce, even when you're home, like if you decide to stay home or you're an entrepreneur or whatever it is, it's really important to know, okay, this is what I'm strong at. And this is what I'm not strong at. And so I need support in that, in that one thing and to own it because when you're, when you're in school, as you know, it's always talked about your weaknesses and I go crazy. Like if I have to go Mm. into an IEP meeting, another IEP meeting and just be like, okay, we're not going to be a mathematician and we're not going to be a scientist. And we actually are okay with that. We don't want to be. We want to be a creative or we want to be an entrepreneur or we can be in a business and have support for the things that we're not good at, but we're not going to be an earth scientist. We're not going to be teaching algebra. So we don't need to keep harping on those things because it's just what God gave us. We are not great at those things and we are okay with it. (laughs) Yeah. I am not a great cook and I am okay with it. If I wanted to be a good cook, could I be a good cook? I really actually don't think that that's something if I kept practicing and practicing and practicing because I really don't like it. (laughs) So it's not a passion. It's not a passion. So when, when teachers or administrators constantly are like, well, no, we need to work on this, but they forget about the strengths and the strengths Mm -hmm. are what make us feel good. Yeah. They're what make us tick. They are sometimes our passions. Yeah. You're going to have a better outcome for children, especially in education. So that's one of the things that makes me absolutely crazy because this is what I will say in an an IEP meeting. And I I go back to school because it, it, you know, constantly when, you know, I have kids in school, I'm a mom. And so this is what we do, but I can't tell you how many times I've gone into an IEP meeting and said, okay, let's just do this scenario. You have, you know, the track team, your track team is one of the best in the country. And you have a high jumper that is probably going to be an Olympian, but he's not very, he's not fast. Like he is not, his speed is not his strength. It's his, it's his strength, his actual strength that makes him as good as he is. So are you, are you going to take that high jumper 
and constantly have him run the track to get faster and not mm-hmm. practice the high jump? Yeah. Or are you going to have him practice the high jump? Yeah. And yep. just know, okay, he's compensating his speed, but it's not hindering him because he's getting over the high jump and he has the best, you know, points throughout the country. Yes. You're just going to continue to do that. So why in school do we say, okay, you really are not good in math and science. And this is, I'm not talking about when the kids are really little, because yes, sometimes you can hone in and get a little better if you practice certain things, but sometimes we are just not made to be really good at certain things. Not everyone is good at everything. And so if we can concentrate on the things that we're good at, so our confidence stays up here yes, and support the strength, the weaknesses here without harping on them and constantly talking about them, but talking about this, the strengths, these are your strengths. This is so great. I love that you can do this. I love that you do that. Okay. I see you're struggling here. Let's get you some sport and get you through it. Yep. Education and things would be so much better for kids that go through school because when you don't have the parents at home being able to support the children that are struggling, right? So there's yep. the kids that don't have that family unit that are not giving them that, that positive reinforcement and all they're hearing in school all the time. Yeah. At all of this stuff. Yeah. You're just hurting that person's confidence. Totally. The person's just feeling shitty and they're just getting deeper and darker into this world. Yep. Confidence I think is, should be the number one thing they focus on in school. Yes. I always say like, does she feel okay? Does she feel supported? Does she feel good at that? Like, I don't want anything for to like, if you stay in something for too long that you're feeling weak at, you're just going to feel, you're not going to feel good about yourself. No. And, and, you know, and there's the thing, and this is like, you know, when I think it was when my kids were just starting sports and maybe it started a little bit before that, but the whole, everyone gets a trophy. Yeah. that thing makes me crazy as well, because not everyone should get a trophy. Not everyone gets an A, not everyone, you know, is, is not everyone is good at a sport, but the way the America kind of changed things was like, okay, we don't do this in school, right? We constantly talk about all the weaknesses, but you get everyone on the athletic field and everyone gets a trophy. And then you have the kids like my kids who are actually really, really good at sports would come off and be like, I don't understand where that team, they came in last. Why would they get a trophy too? And so it's just this really weird world that I don't know when that happens, where it's like, okay, in school, it's A's, B's, C's, and D's. We're going to focus on all the weaknesses um, of the kids that don't learn, you know, they're more right brained. I mean, that's the, that's what it is. You're right brained in. And so school, the way someone teaches you, they teach to a left brained person. And there's so many right, right, right brain kids out there, but then the, you know, some of these right brain kids are really good at sports, but then everyone's getting a trophy. So it's like, they almost have to like fight for like their own confidence out there too. I never thought about that. It's so ridiculous. So I would like my, so when my kids were little, I would say, no, not everyone should get a trophy. Like that team came in last. They're not that athletic and there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. There's nothing wrong that they're not that athletic. Either they'll, they'll become as they get older because they want it, or it's just not their strength. Yeah. And maybe they're going to be the mathematician. Right. Yeah. And so, so why do we always have to put all these labels on everything? Yeah. I mean, I think that's pressure put on moms too. Like going back to your cooking, it's like, 
you better be really good at your job and be good at everything to do with homemaking and a good mom. It's like, and make sure you look really good while you're doing it. And you know, it's, it's crazy. And I I laugh at that, the pressure. It's so true. And I laugh at that because I remember when I stayed home, um, you know, the area that I lived in, in Connecticut, everyone would bring like homemade stuff and, some of them were not even stay at home moms. They would, but they would like, they loved doing it. But then when I actually unpeeled it, they didn't love doing it. They felt obligated to do it. And they thought it was so interesting that I was like, no, I don't think I've ever, I've maybe baked a cookie twice in my life. I maybe a cupcake once. I don't like it. I'll go buy, but I'm going to buy it from whole foods. So I know it's at least healthy. And they would be like, oh, and same. and I'm not going to even pretend and put it on our own plate and say it was mine. I'm going to bring it in the carton that says Whole Foods on. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you have some innate confidence. Do you feel like that comes from your mom maybe or your parents? So I do, but I, my parents will always laugh and say, I kind of just came out this way. Okay. Like I I was the kid. It's your little even, spirit. I, I A fighting spirit. I, I mean, I think that's what it is. And even in school, when I was constantly like, you're not trying hard enough, you're, you know, you're not smart, whatever. I would sometimes go home and say to my mom, like, oh, that teacher, I can't stand that teacher. This is what the teacher said, where my older sister would say, oh, I'm so stupid. That's what the teacher kind of told me. Yeah. Right. And so she struggled with her confidence in the school years where I was like, no, F you, you're going to tell me I'm not good at that. I'm going to show up and be better. I think, I think it's just like, seriously, the way I was born, but yes, I definitely had confidence. I mean, my parents were always telling me the things that I was good at. It wasn't about my weaknesses. I was like, you know, this is what, this is who you are, accept it. And let's like, you know, work. Okay. You have a partnership with NFL thread, which I want to talk about. Um, you have a series that explores the lives and stories of NFL spouses and their partners, which I think is super cool. The series chips away at the perception of NFL women and showcases their talents, initiatives, and missions. Explain to us why highlighting these women are important to you, and especially in today's society. So it's it's so interesting on how that all came about. When I started my podcast and I started doing the interviews, I went back and remembered, you know, like I, I love to kind of like go back and think about things in my life. And I was, um, when I was like 15, 16, 17, I babysat one of the Eagles, Michael Zordich and okay. his, not, not him, his children. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I lived right outside of Philadelphia and my mom was a kindergarten teacher. And so we had a lot of sports people kind of came through because we were a suburb in New Jersey of Philly. And I remember Cynthia Zordich, who is wife, who's my co-host and my partner on all this. I remember her as a young girl, like doing this photography. And I remember just like the feeling of her family and how cool. And I thought, oh my God, this woman is amazing. So when I started the podcast, um, she was something that was on like on my list that I needed to reach out. And we like kept in touch. I know her sister. So like, it was kind of like, you know, we would see each other social media. Funny enough, she and Dan were talking about something because she has a magazine called The Playbook, which goes out to all NFL families, but it's it's stories. It's all about okay. stories. And she's been doing it for about five years. So when um, Dan said to me, he's like, oh, you need to talk to Cynthia. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. She's on my list. I interviewed her. And when she started talking to me about 
things that I didn't like. So as a 15 year old, she was kind of telling me right before she landed in Philly, she was kind of losing herself because she had all these aspirations, but her husband was transferred again. And she, you know, she loves my, I mean, she and Michael have such a great relationship. Um, she had three young kids. She always wanted to be a part of their lives and stay with them, but she was a super creative woman, had a great photography business and always was doing a lot of different things. And now she was in a new city, a new town, needing to support Michael, not knowing, you know, how long they were going to be there. And she started really kind of losing herself a little bit. Okay. And so when she was telling me about this, I started thinking, oh my gosh, like when my kids and my husband say, oh, this person, and this is not just the NFL, any, any, you know, um, professional sports, this person was just transferred or to our team or traded to our tr- team. I remember always being like, oh, that's so awesome. That's so exciting. And now for the rest of my life, I will think about the family, the mm. wife, the spouse, the kids that are behind the scene, because we had just moved. And I remember like all of a sudden being like, oh my God, the kids need physicals. I don't even have a doctor. Oh, I, the yeah. dentist. all of those things, you know, you just went through it that you have to find yeah. that you don't think about and they're not easy, but it's not no. that's like a hard part. So if you're doing that all the time and you have aspirations, right. If, if, and I put myself in the shoes, like if my husband was a professional sports person and I knew that I also wanted something for myself. But yeah. how do you, like, if I wanted to create a brick and mortar store, I really couldn't because we would be transferred. Like, so yeah. it has to take a very special woman, totally. a very special person to be able to be in that position. So I started exploring it more. I talked to Cynthia. I said, it was right when Fireside, I became a creator on Fireside, which is um, like, you could do live shows. That's where you were my guest on, on yep. that app. And I remember saying to her, I would love to interview more women, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we did it together? Right at the same time, she was talking to someone about advertising for the playbook. And they said to her, do you know anyone that has a podcast? Um, we're always looking for podcasts. And she said, I was just on a podcast. So we kind of like reached out to each other at the same time with kind so of the same cool. idea. Coincidence. Yes. To- total coincidence. So I then, and I said to her, like, these are the kind of things that, about stories. Like Cynthia came into my life all of those years ago. Yeah. Really for, for this moment, right? Yes. The reason why we connected all of those years ago is because this was really supposed to happen. If I didn't listen to my daydreaming, if I didn't explore it, it wouldn't have happened nope. but because I took signs. I listened to things. I was curious. I kind of created things. I, you know, asked questions. I thought, okay, how can I do this? How would this look? And that's how she and I created YNS live with NFL thread. And now we do live events. So we were at the Super Bowl during yeah. the, um, so that's, the, that's the other thing that was really fascinating to me is that there's this huge fashion show that goes on before the Super Bowl that's been happening for over 20 years. None of us know it. They raise millions of dollars for the city that they're in for a charity. Huh? We don't know that it happens every Friday before the Super Bowl, the Thursday before Cynthia has been doing now for probably six or seven years and networking luncheon for thread and NFL thread is like a LinkedIn for women of the NFL. Because when Cynthia was leaving the league, she said, well, wait, cause she's curious, just like I am, just like you are. I want to keep these women together. Like if I go to like a game or I, you know, um, move to a different state, nothing to do with the NFL anymore, but I know that there's a realtor in Florida, that was one of my NFL sisters. I want to be able to 
reach out to her because they always had that similarity. They always could go and talk to each other about football and the game and life. You know, if your husband gets injured, if your husband gets traded, if your husband gets not resigned, that spouse is basically a wife, a partner, a friend, a therapist, the real estate, you know, all of these different things that that woman does uh, not, you know, unlike what we do for our husbands as well, if they get laid off or whatever, that's a similar thing, but this happens so much more in the professional sports community Yeah, yeah. that I really wanted to highlight it. And I wanted to kind of bash some of the stereotypes that are always put out there. Like I can't tell you every single person we interview has a service heart. They have some sort of charity. They're helping somewhere. They are, I mean, every single one. And I'm like, I I always chuckle because I'm like, okay, not surprising. I didn't realize you have this charity because they don't talk about it as much because it's just something that's innate in them. It's not something that they need to be put on a pedestal about. It's something that is innate in them that they just are, are, are giving back because it's who they are. It's who God created them to be. Mm -hmm. So that's why I became curious with it. And then, you know, we had the NFL, I mean, the Super Bowl. So we broadcasted live from the luncheon, which was amazing. And so many women were like, Oh my gosh, thank, thank you. I would ask them, why are you here? And they would say, tell me who their husband was, or, you know, I would say, who are, you know, what a little bit about you always, they were the wife of, and then I would say, but do you have a business or do you stay home? And they would say, Oh, you, Oh, you, you actually want to know about me. Oh yeah. And I was I can't tell you how many times and it's insane, insane. So that I wanted to put and, and give a platform for that woman to be able to share it. And then we, we did create something called NFL or YNS live, which is your next stop live. If people are like, what's YNS, it's your next stop. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's just a live version of my podcast. We, um, we wanted to do also the players leaving the league. So like okay. pivoting out of the league. So we started a new segment, which we've done probably six or seven um, guys. And we've had a couple of wives on there too, talking about like the difference, like the journey of it. Yeah, And it's always a really hard time. And as you I'm can imagine, sure. these men, they've been playing, you know, football since they were five years old. This is their identity. They don't know what else to do. So I'm always very curious of where they end up what was that little area right before they left the league or they got injured or they, you know, they um, were not signed back. And it's always a very dark place. Yeah. The spouse that's there to lift them back up and help Mm. them find their journey, whether it's their spouse or their mom, you know, if they're young, Um, because Cynthia's son was also in the league. Okay. So he was on our, uh, he got injured. His like first play never was able to recover. His dad was for 12 years. Yeah. 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 Like, talk about stories and just like, you know, struggles, like his story was amazing. Um, so that's really why I started it and do it. And then we were just at the hall of fame in Canton, Ohio. And that was cool. amazing. I mean, we did the podcast again, we were at the fashion show, um, the, the stories, and that actually is going out on my podcast right now. Um, the players, the stories there, and we had one, and I'm not going to say her name because she didn't want to be on the podcast. She's like, I got to think about it. But she came up, I could see her looking very famous husband. He's a hall of famer. She had a very a prominent career before she married her husband. Um, and she said to me, 
I just want to thank you for doing this. She's like, I've been listening and she got choked up. She's like, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a room and literally was pushed aside. Yes. They, they don't care who I am. No, they don't see me. And it's been a struggle throughout my years. I've, I've come across, you know, I've, but I like, you know, stopped her profession because then she wanted to raise the kids and she's like, and then I lost myself a little bit more. And so that her coming up and saying it and just being floored and being like, oh my gosh, what I'm doing is, and what Cynthia and I are doing by getting these stories out is important because. Yes. And it's important for all of us. Yes. Cause the, they're, they have more extreme, you know, examples, but how many women get just pushed to the side in their lives? They have to, you know, stop their careers to raise their babies or, uh, yeah, it's a constant, it's a constant thing. I think that women battle. Okay. Are you ready for my beyond beauty round? Yes. Okay. Um, favorite wellness practice. Of walking, 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 yeah, working out, you know, and I wouldn't even say working out because I don't always love working out, but walking my dogs in nature in nature every morning is my absolute favorite. Love that. Same. I love walking my dog. Like, I don't know how I lived life before. Like, oh, I I love it. Um, What's one piece of advice you got from your mother or father? It could be your grandma too, that you carry with you still today. Just be yourself. Be true to who you are. Mm, Yeah, you embody that. And never, I never apologize for it. Yeah, yep. What's something you're grateful for right now? I am grateful you know, it's, I love that question, but then there's always like, I have so many things and then you feel guilty, like leaving some things out. Do you know what I mean? So, but I have to be, I have to say, I'm grateful for the love and the respect that my family has for each other. Oh, I love that. What's something you're inspired by right now? I'm inspired by just watching this business grow. Like, what can I do next? you know, juggling things we just talked about before. I think we even started recording having a business that's booming in the summer when your kids have all different schedules totally. and be there for them. And then all of a sudden, and I'm not, I wouldn't say the most organized person. That's not one of my strengths. Um, and so I'll look at my calendar and be like, Oh yeah, I can fit that in. And then realize, okay, no, you can't fit that in. So I've had to juggle stuff this summer that I didn't, wasn't really happy about having to juggle, but knew that I was going to have to juggle because I need to, also be here for my family. That that's my, my number one. And I need to fit my business into that. Yeah. And finding that is, um, is interesting. Cause I love this. This is what fills me up having conversations like this. And I could do yeah. this all day, but also being with my kids and my husband fills me up. And so when I'm not doing this, I could feel like the, uh, but then how do you fit it in to a summer schedule? It has been very interesting. Okay. Final question. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self something about confidence or self-acceptance, what would you tell her? That all the school struggles, mm. let like don't let it define you. Don't let a teacher asking you, you know, do you understand this or are you just dumb? Um, not taking those things 
as much as I did have a barrier and shield for it, those things ding at you. And I think there was a period of time in my life, um, especially entering college, that I did not think I was smart, that I was just able to get through things because I've worked hard and I have a good personality, but um, that I am really smart. Yeah. Yep. You learned a different way. Exactly. Okay. Tell my listeners where they can find you before we say goodbye. Yes, this has been awesome. So I just have to thank you because, you know, I absolutely adore you and what you're doing, I think is incredible and it's so needed and I just absolutely love it. So you you can find me anywhere at I am like I am and my name is spelled because all my dyslexics, I always have to spell it. It's J-U-L-I-E-T-H-A-H-N. So LinkedIn, it's Juliet Hahn. Instagram, I am Juliet Hahn. Twitter, I am Juliet Hahn. Website, um, I am Juliet Hahn. Hahn. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I am on, uh, you know, TikTok and those things, not as prevalent, but I usually Are find you? I, I need to look. <laughs> no, TikTok, it's the same crack, TikTok cracks me up. Yeah, like, no, what are we doing on here? It's crazy. And it's, and it's really because. It's the same stuff I put on Instagram, but it's like, okay, just another platform. Yeah. But I don't always keep it up. So, but you you can find me literally on every platform. I think I even have a Pinterest account that's, you know, I don't do stuff on, but it's out there. (laughs) Yeah. But you're very active on IG and LinkedIn and LinkedIn. Yes. Yep. Thank you so much for being here. I adore you. And yeah, just thank you for sharing all of your insights and experience. And thank you so much. Thank you again for having me. Okay. I'll see you soon. Yes. Thank you for joining another Beyond Beauty Project conversation. Let's continue to support each other with kindness, empowered voices, and self-love. Visit us at www.beyondbeautyproject.com where you can find all of our socials. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And listen, Bridget would love to hear from you. Don't be shy. So send us a DM or an email with your thoughts and what you want to hear about. See you beauties next time. This podcast episode is designed to be for informational and discussion purposes only. I am not a doctor and I'm not trained as a medical provider or counselor. I do not provide medical care or attempt to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any physical ailment or any mental or emotional issue, disease, or condition on this podcast. Always seek the advice of your own physician or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding your personal medical condition. Do not disregard recommended medical advice or treatment or delay in seeking professional medical advice because of information or content obtained from this podcast. If you have or suspect that you have a medical or mental health issue, please contact your own health care provider promptly. For urgent medical needs, please contact your health care provider or call 911 immediately.